You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 23 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today's episode is about how to reduce waste in your kitchen. So I know I said that this show was going to be more than just growing tips. It's also going to be about food. And this is how to get a second life out of your food and use even more of it in some really creative ways that you may have never thought of before. So that's what we're covering today. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I actually really, really love finding creative ways to reduce waste and especially reduce food waste in my home. Part of the reason why I grow vegetables is because I want to have a smaller carbon footprint in general and I feel like growing my own vegetables Reducing our home's dependence on fossil fuels anyway is is something that makes me feel really good. And if I can then take those homegrown fruits and vegetables and make even more out of them, or if I can take the things, you know, that we do have to buy and stretch them even further, that makes me really, really happy. I love that it doesn't end up in a landfill and... I'm honestly just kind of a thrifty person. I like getting more than my money is worth. So I hope that you find these ideas absolutely positively delightful and useful and wonderful like I do. You know, you might not geek out about it as much as I do, and that's totally fine if this episode is not your thing. But for those of you who are interested in this type of thing, buckle up because I have some cool ideas for you. Up first is using apple scraps to make apple cider vinegar. Holy cow, you guys. I didn't know that this was even possible until we got our first serious apple tree harvest. And I peeled all my apples and I had all these apple cores and I was like, oh my gosh, this this is, I don't know how much, but several cups of apple scraps. And it feels really wasteful. We don't have any farm animals that I can feed them to. You know, what can I do with all of this? And I did some searching and you can use apple peels and apple cores, some water and a little bit of sugar and put them in a canning jar with like a paper towel kind of rubber banded over the top so it can breathe and let it ferment. And that's it. That's all you have to add to it. Let it ferment probably at least two weeks. And that's it. It's amazing. Um, So I made like several quarts of apple cider vinegar. And then obviously once the apple cider vinegar was done, those apple scraps went into the compost. But honestly, at that point, I had gotten as much as I could out of them. So my next idea, which is a really similar idea, is to make your own homemade chicken stock let's say you peeled an onion and you, you know, chopped off the ends of the onion and you have some skins from like some cloves of garlic from dinner. Save those. It sounds weird, but save them. Put them in a giant gallon size Ziploc baggie. 
toss them in the freezer so they won't go moldy. The next time you make something that's got celery in it, so you chop off the bottom of the celery, you chop off the leaves, you have carrot peels, save those too. Throw them in that same baggie, just mix them all together. The next time you make any sort of chicken that has bones in it, so chicken drumsticks, chicken wings, if you're sometimes a little bit lazy like me and you buy a whole rotisserie chicken, save the carcass, pick all of the meat off of it, save the skin too, put the carcass and the skin, everything in with those vegetable scraps in that gallon size bag. Because when that gallon size bag is full, I'm gonna tell you, you can make some magic. You dump it in a giant stock pot, you add a whole bunch of water, you don't need to add salt, you can always add salt later, like in your recipe, but you boil it, I don't know, at least four hours. Let it like reduce down to the point those chicken bones are really, you know, soft. You've gotten all of the marrow and all of the good tasting stuff out of them. And you are going to have the best chicken stock that you've ever tasted. And it's going to be way, way better than anything that you would buy at the grocery store. Once that's all boiled down, you're going to want to throw it away. I would not recommend, you know, putting it in the compost pile because there's a decent amount of fat in chicken skin and you don't want any sort of fats going into your compost because it can become rancid and and ruin kind of that batch of compost. So you do have to throw it in the trash, but I mean, I am able to get something like 12 quarts of chicken stock out of every every batch that I make, which is insane and super money saving. I have a, a really great link to these reusable quart size deli containers that I use. They're freezable. They are dishwasher safe. They're microwave safe. Um, and that is in my post about this on my website. So if you want to hop on over there and just search on my website at bnbasil.com for food waste, and this blog post should pop up. The next one is lemon zest. I cannot believe that I did not think of this sooner. I'm really irritated at myself that I didn't think of this sooner, honestly, because lemon zest is such a powerful ingredient in not just baking recipes, like if you ever make scones or like lemon pancakes or lemon poppy seed bread, you always end up, you know, zesting some some lemon rind into it, right? Well, lemon zest is also really great in a ton of savory dishes too, especially like pasta dishes. And it just wakes everything up. So anytime you juice a lemon for any purpose, you should be scraping that rind off using a zester. Super easy, just scrape the zest off, let it sit. You can let it sit on a piece of parchment paper on your countertop, or you can put it into a food dehydrator if you're in a little bit more hurry or things in your house are a little bit humid, and let it dry. And then once it's completely dry, then just put it in an airtight jar, airtight container, then use it just like you would dried herbs or other spices. It is absolutely amazing to add to anything that needs a pop of flavor. I actually add it to my beef stroganoff. As weird as that sounds, when you think about it, a lot of beef stroganoff recipes call for white wine, and it's because that little hit of acid kind of like gives it this little zing, kind of elevates it from being like super creamy and heavy. 
and lemon zest does the exact same thing. So I promise you will find uses for it. Once you have juiced your lemon and you have zested your lemon, you can still do one more thing with it. You can make lemon vinegar cleanser. So like if you don't like using chemical cleansers in your home, and I don't blame you, I'm right now I'm researching all the different ways, all the different things that I can make. I'm about to try a recipe for a rosemary disinfectant, and if it's successful, I'm definitely going to be talking about it on here. But vinegar is a great cleanser. So you can use apple cider vinegar, you can use distilled white vinegar, I mean, you can use that apple cider vinegar that you made with your apple scraps. But once you have zested and juiced your lemon, you've got these like two halves of a lemon. You probably need to cut them up in some smaller chunks, but throw them in a bottle or a jar with that vinegar. Let it sit for a week and then pour it into a spray bottle and you can use that vinegar and lemon as a cleanser, as a disinfectant, because vinegar is very acidic and it's gonna kill any sort of bacteria and lemon has natural disinfectant properties. And it also keeps your countertops from smelling like a salad because of all that vinegar. So you truly can get like, I don't know, three different things out of one lemon. My next thing would be tomato paste. I think a few episodes ago, I talked about how to make tomato paste and tomato paste is a really great way to kind of get rid of overripe tomatoes especially. So if you picked some tomatoes and you didn't have enough to do exactly what you wanted with them, but they're kind of gotten a little squishy and gross, that's totally fine. That doesn't matter for tomato paste. Or maybe you have some underripe tomatoes. You know what? Let them like ripen on the countertop. They're not gonna be as tasty as tomatoes on the vine and that's that's fine, don't worry about it. You're gonna throw them in tomato paste. Trim off any moldy spots if they're overripe, but then just follow the directions in my post on my blog about how to make tomato paste. Next up, nobody thinks of this. I didn't think of this. I'm again, one of those things that I kick myself about is using up your broccoli stems. So most of the time when we buy broccoli at the store, or even when you grow broccoli, you end up chopping the broccoli florets off and using those in whatever recipe. And then we throw the big chunk of stem, or a lot of us anyway, throw the big chunk of stem away. Don't throw it away. Don't compost it. You can eat it. It tastes like broccoli. (gasps) Shocker, I know, it's crazy. But freeze it, seriously, chop it up into bits first before you freeze it. It's gonna make things a lot easier down the road. Chop that big old honkin' stem up into bits, bite-sized pieces, and then freeze it. And the next time that you wanna make broccoli cheddar soup, you don't have to go buy broccoli for that. Because honestly, yes, the little florets look kind of nice in the broccoli soup, but it's gonna taste the same. And you get even more out of it by eating those stems. I would maybe peel the broccoli stems first with like just a normal vegetable peeler because the outside of the stem can get a little tough, especially if the stem is like really, really thick. So maybe if you have a really thick broccoli stem, peel it with a vegetable peeler first and then dice it up and then throw it in a zipper bag. But still, mind blown. Next up is herb stems. I 
This is the same thing. This is the same thing as broccoli. A lot of us just chop off the leaves and we throw the stems away. Why do we do that? They taste exactly the same. This is especially the case for any leafy herb. So basil, cilantro, especially cilantro, parsley, use those herb stems. You do not have to throw them away. This doesn't work for like rosemary. Those stems get pretty woody. Sage can get kind of woody depending on how old the plant is or how mature the leaves are. It just kind of depends. Use your judgment. In general, if you can like pinch off that stem, like if you can cut that stem with your thumbnail, chop it up and throw it into whatever you are making. Celery leaves. I, if you don't grow celery yourself, I honestly, I don't blame you. I've grown it and I didn't find it hard to grow, but it does require a long growing season and it takes up a decent amount of space in the garden. So if you're into succession planting and you're wanting to have like two rounds of crops in one bed, you're going to have your celery there all season long and you're only going to be able to use that space for that one thing. I know you've had some recipes though, even if you don't grow it yourself, that call for celery stalks. And again, most of us trim off the leaves, but the opposite of herbs and broccoli, we throw out the leaves and use the stem. Celery stalks are just overgrown stems, seriously. And we throw out the leaves. And I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade either because I've done it too, but you can use those celery leaves and, and reduce your food waste that way. You can toss them in salads. They are really, really, really flavorful. And honestly, they're a lot more interesting than iceberg lettuce. You can toss them into that chicken stock like I mentioned, or, and this is kind of fun, you can try making celery leaf pesto. So a lot of us use basil in our pesto. I would say the majority of us actually use basil in our pesto, but you can use anything you want, any any type of herb, any plant to make pesto because the main flavor in there is gonna be garlic, olive oil, and whatever nut you're using. The herb or the plant is honestly just kind of like an accent flavor. So you don't have to use basil. You can use celery. You can use carrot tops, actually. This is something I did not put in the blog post, and maybe I'll update it later. But you can use carrot leaves, like those carrot fronds. You can put that in pesto. That is also delicious. Finally, compost. If you're not composting, and I know that not everybody has a yard, not everybody has the ability to compost, But if you have the chance to compost, I really, really hope that you will take the opportunity to research ways that you can do it. I have a blog post, I've mentioned it before, on ways to compost without a compost pile. You have a couple different options, and it is a really brilliant way to, again, reduce your food waste. Keep all that organic matter from growing to the landfill and instead feeding it back into your yard, back into your garden beds, and back into your plants that you're growing next season. It is going to improve your soil a ton. So that's it for today. I hope these have given you a bunch of ideas for ways to reduce food waste in the kitchen and in your home. Again, 
I get really excited about it. And the more ideas that I try or that I think of and come up with, I will be just piling into this blog post. So I don't know. I would encourage you to come back and check it every once in a while because there's probably going to be some new ones in there. If you have any questions, please don't be shy. You can reach out to me at bnbasil on Instagram, at bnbasil on Facebook, or you can leave a voice review, which doesn't have to be a review. It can just be a question on anchor.fm backslash grow your own food. Guys, thank you so very much for listening. If you like this episode and found it helpful and you haven't had a chance to do so yet, I would love, love, love if you would go back to the homepage of the podcast on whatever app you are listening to it on and take a moment to review or if you don't have time to review, maybe in the next gardening conversation you have with a friend or family member, give me a shout out and recommend the podcast to them. Thank you in advance, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.